In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we gather here tonight in your name, and we make an act of faith that you are here with us, because you said that when two or three gather in your name, there you are in their midst in a special way. So we thank you for being here. We thank you for wanting to be here. We believe that you want to be here and that you want to bless us tonight. That you want to touch our hearts. That you want to reveal yourself to us through your word, through your sacrament, through these songs of praise and worship. We ask you, Lord, to send your Holy Spirit upon us tonight. We ask for a fresh outpouring of faith and hope and love and knowledge and wisdom and understanding and counsel and fortitude and piety and awe and wonder. We ask you to send your holy angels here, Lord, to minister to us and to intercede for us. Please give our guardian angels the graces they need to accompany us here and to carry out their mission successfully. And we invoke the prayers and protection of our patron saints. Today especially we ask St. Lawrence to pray for us. And here in the Archdiocese of Detroit we pray for St. Anne and Blessed Solanus Casey to be here with us in a special way as well. And we also have an image of Therese of Lisieux, the little flower here, and so we ask her to shower flowers of grace and blessing and mercy upon us here tonight. And in a particular way, we entrust ourselves to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and we crown her the queen of our gathering here tonight as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week we reflected on the wedding at Cana in, in particular. And we said that the fact that Jesus chose to perform his first miracle there at a wedding said a lot. Not only did he turn water into wine and, and keep the party going, but the fact that he did that for this young, well, this newlywed couple and for their family and friends spoke a lot about God's desire to be with us and to be connected with us and that he enjoys being in our presence, that he enjoys having us in his presence. It was about relationships. It was about connection and family and how the Lord just wanted to bring about all of that and how Mary interceded in that moment to help make that happen. So tonight as a continuation of sorts, I wanted to pick up in the Last Supper, John chapter 15, 16, and 17. And Jesus references the word joy. He mentions the word joy three times specifically. And this just dawned on me in this last year. And I've shared this a little bit at times with some different groups. But I thought it'd be 
really uh, appropriate to highlight it here tonight in, in light of last week's reflection. So this is at the Last Supper. That's the, the composition of place, if you will. So Jesus is with his best friends. This is the night before he's going to die. So he's just pouring out his heart. He's sharing his deepest thoughts and desires with his best friends. And so I think we should really take these words to heart too, that he wants to speak these very same words to all of us tonight. So in John chapter 15, we'll read right from the beginning and we'll go through uh, verse 11. Jesus said, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that bears no fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already made clean by the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches." He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So, just to hit the pause button here for a moment. You know, last week he turned the water into wine. And where do we get wine from? We get it from grapes. Where do the grapes grow? On the vine. So the fact that at the Last Supper, he makes reference to, or you know, he, he makes this analogy and he refers to himself as the vine, as the one who's giving life. He's obviously making another reference to that miracle and to his desire for us to be united, to be connected. That he wants to give us life, that without him we can do nothing. But then he goes on, if a man does not abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Not here tonight. <laughs> if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. And here's a beautiful line, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, why? So that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full, complete. So he's talking about bearing much fruit. Again, we go back to the, to the grape, the fruit of the vine. We go back to this miracle of love. He's certainly foreshadowing here and making references to the Eucharist, the sacrament of his love, the, the sacrament by which he will be united with us, the sacrament by which he will bring about holy communion with himself and, and with each other. And he's saying that he's speaking these things so that his joy may be in us. And what is his joy but the love that he shares with the Father? Which is what? It's the Holy Spirit, right? 
So he's speaking these things so that we can share in his very spirit, which, is, which has been given to us. And because it's been given to us, as he references all throughout the Last Supper, he's bringing about this communion. He is in us, and we are in him, and he is in the Father, which means the Father is in us, and whoa, you know? Pretty deep stuff. It's the Trinity. It's, but it's a great mystery, and it's something that we have been brought into. It's something we've been incorporated into. It's something that we've been made a part of. And it's, it's something he wants it's something that he enjoys. He enjoys being with you. Imagine. God enjoys being with you. When he comes out here tonight in the Blessed Sacrament, he's just like, this is awesome. I love being here. I, I enjoy being with all of you. And I want you to know that. How do we know that? Because he is sharing his spirit with us. And it's the spirit that touches our hearts, that moves us, that helps us to know and experience that what he says is true. That as the Father has loved him, so has he loved us. And he calls us to abide in his love. And by being here tonight, we are abiding with him so that more and more we can abide in him. We have to be with him if we're going to be in him, right? Makes sense? So he is the vine. We are the branches. He gives us life. He gives us his spirit. He gives us his love. In chapter 16, verse 16, we read, A little while, and you will see me no more. Again a little while, and you will see me. Some of his disciples said to one another, What is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I go to the Father. They said, what does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he means. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, is this what you are asking yourselves? What I meant by saying a little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament. But the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful. But your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is in labor, she has pain because her hour has come. But when she is delivered of the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a child is born into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice. And no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask anything of the Father, he will give it to you in my name. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive. Why? So that your joy may be full. Again, Jesus wants us to have this complete and utter joy. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Ask the Father in the name of Jesus. And, and what is the gift par excellence that he wants to give us? The Spirit. He says that elsewhere in the Gospels. In Luke's Gospel, when he talks about, you know, what father among you would give his son 
uh, a scorpion if he asks for a fish or a rock if he asks for an egg, you know? So if you who are evil know how to do good things, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Spirit? So the Spirit is the gift par excellence that he wants to give. Why? So that our joy may be full. And then chapter 17, it's, it's his high priestly prayer. If you haven't prayed with John 17 before, I highly recommend it. Because you, you really get a glimpse now into the heart of Jesus. Because this is like the last thing he says before he goes out to the Garden of Gethsemane. This is his high priestly prayer. So you're really getting an insight into what Jesus prays about and what he prays for. I'll read the first few verses and then we'll skip ahead to where he talks about joy again. It starts off, When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him power over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorify you on earth, having accomplished the work which you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory which I had with you before the world was made. So as you continue through chapter 17, every time Jesus' references glory, he's referencing the Holy Spirit. It's synonymous here in chapter 17. Whenever he talks about sharing the glory, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that'll help you make sense of this a little bit. So then in, I'll, uh, I'll skip ahead here to verse 11. And now I am no more in the world, but they are in the world, speaking of his apostles, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. And again, it's the Holy Spirit that will bring about this communion, this unity. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I've guarded them, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world. Why? That they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Three times. Three times. Now, Jesus didn't speak in verses and chapters, right? I mean, it was one continuous you know, discourse and, and prayer. But within a rather short period of time, he has the specific intention in mind that our joy would be filled to the full. And that's why he's saying these things. So he's saying them not just for his apostles either, but for all of us. I, I hope we all can appreciate that. That this word of God is meant to speak to us here today. And for me, the amazing thing is, when Jesus said these words at the Last Supper, he knew that we would be gathered here tonight in 2019. That's amazing, isn't it? But because he's God, because of his divine intellect, he knew that we would be here tonight. 
And I think we could argue that it was one of the things that motivated him to institute the Eucharist so that he could be with us tonight. I mean, that just has to blow your mind. That God wanted to be with me here tonight. That he wanted to be here, you know, with that desire and, and just to bless me. Just to, to assure me that he loves me, that he's here for me. And you know, when we know that, that's really what makes us joyful. To know that we're in the presence of somebody who loves us. To know that we're in the presence of somebody who enjoys being in our presence. Right? So let's just pray for that. We'll pray for that tonight, for all of us, that the Holy Spirit would just touch all of our hearts tonight and assure us of this truth, that God is happy to be in my presence as we are happy to be in His, but that He enjoys being in our presence, that He contemplates us as we contemplate Him. That He is showering us with, with grace, with mercy, with light, with love.